0: Thanks for listening to the teaching podcast for People of Hope Church. To learn more about our ministry in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, visit Um But here we are at the end of spring break, and, and I am I'm excited about the opportunity to teach this morning because I find myself in a position like many of you find yourself. I am trusting God for some things right now that feel absolutely out of my hands. I don't know how they're going to turn out. And they're not life and death kind of things, but they're big things to me. They're really big things. They have to do with kind of our church and how we're moving forward and all that. And and some of these things, I keep trying to help God with the problem. Anybody relate to that? I, I keep trying to put it into his hands and then I keep trying to take it back. Let me fiddle with it a little bit. Now, I'm going I'm to give it back to you. I'm going to give it over to you. I'm going to release it to you. I'm going to cast it upon you. I'm going to come to you, Lord, uh, with as much trust as I can muster. But I find myself in a position that many of you find yourself in, that sometimes trust makes sense up here, but it's hard not to try to want to help God out. And we don't see the details, and we don't see how it's going to turn out, and it feels like it's all out of our hands And I believe that Lord wants to do a work in your heart and my heart that out of our hands, out of our hands, is exactly where it needs to be. So let's dig in together. Open your Bibles to the book of Psalms this morning. Psalm 9, Um, the book of Psalms is a collection of worship hymns and declaration prayers about the greatness and goodness of God. Remember that God is both great and good. You never need to leave one without the other. Yes, God is great. He can do anything, but also God is good. He is kind. He has right in his heart for every decision he makes. Psalm chapter nine, we're going to look at just one verse this morning, verse 10, and this verse is blowing up in my heart. It says this, those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Isn't that beautiful? Those who know your name, they trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Just a few moments ago, we sang, you're never going to let me go. You're never, ever going to let me go. The Bible reminds us that he never forsakes those who seek him. Is that good news for anybody this morning? I want us to unpack this verse together, look into this one verse, and look at this. And first of all, it begins with those who know your name. Those who know your name. Because when you know who God is, it's going to radically impact your ability to trust in deeper ways. But those who know your name name. I want you to think about who God is and some of the names of God this morning. and I want us to remember together who the Bible reveals to us uh, is all the truth about who God is. We'll Look at some things that are going to come up on your screen this morning. We're going to look at just a few names of God together. These are taken from some English transliteration of some Hebrew terms in the Old Testament, uh, most of them, one of them's in Galatians, and so that's an Aramaic term, but we'll get there in a moment. But I just want to make sure that we know his name so that we can trust in him. The first one there is El Roy, and it says, the God who sees. And it's such an encouragement and such a comfort this morning that God sees my life. And God sees everything that's happening in your world right now, friends. Every detail, every word that was said against you, every person who's trying to cut you off and cut you down, everything that seems to be unraveling, everything that seems to be falling apart, everything that just seems to be in, covered in darkness and you can't see how to fix it and how to, how to make it right, God sees every detail of your world. He is the God who sees. You are never out of the view of God. You cannot sin your way out so far that God no longer sees you. He always sees you, unless that become a point of fear where you're th- thinking, uh-oh, God's watching me. That's not a bad way to live. But the point of this name of God is he is the God who sees. You may be thinking, I'm all alone Nobody knows what's going on. Nobody knows what keeps me awake at night. Nobody knows that I'm crying myself to sleep many times. Nobody knows how miserable I am. Nobody knows how desperate this situation is. God sees and God knows. So because God sees, you can trust him. The second name of God that's up here is El Elyon. Everybody say that. El Elyon. One more time. El Elyon. And that is that God is most high. He is the supreme sovereign. There's no one higher than him. There's no one greater than him. He has no rival. He has no equal. There is never a moment when you should believe that God is on one side and Satan on the other and their they're arch enemy equals. Nope, that is not true. God is the creator. He is sovereign supreme. And Satan is a fallen, created being. Satan does not have the same power as God. Satan, Satan doesn't have the access that God has. Satan is not sovereign. Satan is not supreme. There is only one who is most high. There is only one who is sovereign. Meaning all rule and authority is in his hands. He can do anything he wants to do, anytime he wants to do. He doesn't have to check with anybody. He is El El and those who know his name, trust in him. The one you're calling on in your prayers late at night, early in the morning, sitting in your car at lunch, the one you're calling on about your child that's about to go off to college, about your child, child that's trying to decide about colleges, the one that you're, you're calling on about your child that seems to be gotten off the road of faith and they're wandering in the ditches of sin, that, that God you're calling on, he is the one who can do anything. He is the one who can do something about it. It's one of the beautiful parts of prayer. That God hears us when we pray. That God cares about what we pray about. And that God can do something about it. Because he is El Elyon. So when you know his name, it helps you trust him. The third one is Abba. one of our favorite names. It's an Aramaic term. It's an intimate term for not just parental father of the male persuasion parental unit, but it is a daddy, it's, a, it's an intimate up close term that God invites you to come to him. Jesus said, let the little children come to me, and the father's heart is open to you, the father's lap is open to you, the father's relationship is open to you, he wants you to know him and enjoy him, not to cower and fear him, he wants you to come to him because he says, here's how I want you to see me, Here's how I want you to relate to me as your daddy who loves you. Some of you have maybe had an earthly dad who didn't measure up. Maybe you had an earthly dad who was a jerk or even flat-out abusive, cruel. Be careful that you do not project on God the experience you had with your earthly daddy. For he is a perfect father, amen? And every word he gives is the right word. And every time he, he acts for you is the right time and way. And every time that he holds his hand to allow circumstances to develop, it is the right decision because God sees and knows everything. And what I want you to hear in this daddy name of God is that he is for you. Because let me tell you, there's nothing like a daddy's perfect love for their kids I'd take a bullet for my kids. I'd walk through fire for my kids. I drove 12 hours to Texas this week for my, one of my kids. Daddies are so h- eager and hungry to see their kids happy, to see their kids whole, to see their kids walking in joy. And your earthly father says, this is one of the names I want you to know is my name. Daddy. And when you know his name, it helps you to trust him. The next one there is Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha means the Lord who heals. God can heal any disease, any sickness. God is not weak in the face of cancer. God can heal anybody, and not just physical disease when your cells go out of whack, or or a fungus, or an infection, or or a broken arm. God can only heal those things, but he can also heal the things in your heart. Some of you were betrayed years ago. Some of you were abandoned. Some of, yous were, some of you were hurt and abused in a lot of different ways. God can heal that. Amen? God can heal it. You may walk with a limp from it, but God can close up that open wound. That's his name, the God who heals. That's what he can do. That's what he does. And God is still healing people. We need to not Stop praying for healing. We don't need to give ground to the diseases of this earth. We need to call out in boldness to the power of our God who is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. The next one here is Jehovah Jireh. Everybody say that with me. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. This is one of the names of God that Abram gave to to God when when they had that moment where he was supposed to sacrifice his son um, and they were there and he raised up the knife and at just that moment, God provided this ram to come and be the sacrifice and so Isaac didn't have to, to be killed in that moment. And Abram said, he is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. And I don't know what you're missing right now. I don't know what you're lacking. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's friendships. Maybe it's financial resources. Maybe it's a house, a job. Maybe it's, it's a happy heart. Maybe you're missing something in your world that you could put a label on that none of us know about. But here's what I know is true. One of the names of God is he is the God who provides in his timing, in his way. And when you know His name, it helps you to trust him. Don't forget our text. Those who know your name trust in you. One more. Jehovah Halak Panim. Jehovah Halak Panim. Say that with me. Jehovah Palak Hanim. Did you get a little guttural in there? A little. (sighs) Jehovah Palak Hanim. Panim. It means the Lord goes before. It's his name. The Lord goes before. In the Old Testament, you had these incredible moments of battle where the army of Israel would go against these other armies that God told them to drive them out and to take the land. And and they would go into these battles and in these moments, and God, God would say, I will go before you. I'll get ahead of you and I'll break down their barriers. I'll throw their camp into confusion. I will cause their, their army to, to be weak. I will cause their army to be full of fear in the, when they come up against you. I'm gonna go ahead of you and you're worried about where you're going, but don't worry, I'm the God who goes before. I'm gonna get there before you get there and I will already be at work when you get there. How awesome is that? So you're concerned about your child going to college? God's gone on before you. You're concerned about that meeting that's coming up at work this week. The Lord's there before you are. You're worried about the conversation you're gonna have to have with your spouse about the situation going on in your home. The Lord is ahead of you. He will go before you and he will fight for you. He will get into the enemy's camp and cause confusion so that there can be a victory at the Lord's hand. Now, I'm not promising you anything this morning about the outcome of the Lord going before you. I'm just telling you his name. The Bible says he is Jehovah, the God who goes before. How comforting is that? How comforting is that? That he goes ahead and clears the way. He goes ahead and clears out the obstacles. He is the God who goes before. So that's a little bit what's in this passage here of those who know your name. And I'm wondering if some of you saying, boy, I needed to hear that this morning. I needed to hear that he's the one who heals. I needed to hear that he's the one who provides. I needed to hear that he's the one who goes before. I needed to hear and be reminded that he is Abba, that he is Father. I needed that today because I'm struggling to trust God. Maybe reminding you of his name will help you trust him. Oh, wait a minute. I'm afraid of this situation at work, but my God, (laughs) my God is El Elyon. He is the supreme sovereign. Wait wait a minute, I'm I'm, I'm concerned and I'm in fear about this for my kids, but, but wait a minute, he is Jehovah Jireh who provides. For the one who knows your name trusts in you. What does it mean to trust in God? That's our second part of unpacking this passage. It means that we lay the situation down. We lay the person we're fearful about down. We're worried about down. Maybe you have a child who's just coming out of grade school, or we're about to go into middle school or high school and you're kind of thinking, oh my gosh, there are going to be a new environments and new temptations and new pressures and new influences and all those kind of things. So lay your child down before God. And remember who he is so that you can take your hands back and trust him. Lay it down. Your marriage struggling right now? Lay it down before God. Cast your cares upon him. Trust him and stop trying to pick it back up. Stop trying to fix it all by yourself. Call upon the God who is supreme and who can do anything. Call upon the God who sees. Because his plan for your child his plan for your situation at work his plan for what's going on in your school right now his plan for what's happening in your marriage his plan for your health is way better than your plan and i started out today going listen i'm with you in a struggle i'm with you in this idea of trusting god it's hard and i I set it down before god and then i start to think like well okay it's been a whole hour now and it hasn't been resolved So I'm going to pick it back up. (laughs) Maybe I need to help the Lord. (laughs) Maybe I need to do something about this. Okay, i got to put it back in his hands. I find that it's maybe true for you as well that when we are trusting God, it's a little bit about, here, God, I trust you. Okay, wait a minute. Okay, here, God, I trust you. We kind of go a little back and forth. Anybody else? And trusting, not based on our ability, but based on his name, trusting based on who he is, is we trust rest in the fact that his plan is better than my plan there's a couple of kinds of trust i want to talk to you about this morning one of them is passive and the other one is active passive trust is waiting some of the hardest work you will do in your christian life is waiting on god i believe he can do anything i believe he's going to be faithful i believe he's always good but lord when come on lord On my script, Lord, have you not seen my script for the way this should go? On my script, this should have happened two weeks ago. And here we are telling God our plans. And we're finding ourselves getting frustrated that he hasn't met our plans. Trust is releasing the situation, releasing the person, releasing the relationship, and saying, your plan is better than my plan. Can you imagine Abraham with his young son Isaac, who was the son of the promise in his old age, this miracle son tied up in ropes, getting ready to be offered as a sacrifice, son looking up at him and, Dad? Dad? And Abraham trying to be obedient to God, raising the knife, raising the knife, raising the knife. And then God provides the ram in the thicket. Can you imagine? Most of us would have said, Lord, could you not have provided that like an hour ago? Before we started this journey up the mountain? When I was looking for rope out behind the house? When I was sharpening the knife? Could you not have provided it then? God's timing is absolutely perfect, and it is often very painful to wait for it. But God is calling you this morning, dear ones, in whatever situation you're struggling with, whatever issue that's that's causing fear and discouragement in your world right now, hope in the Lord, and some of that's going to include a passive trust that's just waiting. I don't know how this is going to turn out. I'm waiting on God. I don't know when this is going to get resolved. I'm waiting on God. I don't know what it's going to look like in that moment. I'm waiting on God. Well, pastor, does that mean like waiting for like three days? Maybe. It could be three years. We want his plan, because his plan is always better than ours. Amen? Now, wait a minute. That's a grown-up discipleship truth. His plan in his timing is always better than ours. So we trust. That's passive trust. What does active trust look like? Well, I'd actually like for you to think about active trust in terms of what does it sound like. Because I believe active trust sounds like you praying for specific outcomes. Active trust sounds like praying for specific outcomes. It's praying in verbs. So instead of saying to the Lord, Lord, fix this, or Lord, resolve this, or Lord, make this better, or Lord, cause this to work out, or Lord, even just provide. Let's get detailed. Active trust is bringing before God big, bold prayers. When you get specific, that's active trust. When you say to God about your relative or your friend who's sick, when you start to say to God, God, shrink the tumor, When you say to God, save the marriage. When you say to God, make the decision absolutely clear and close the doors on the ones that aren't best for me right now. When you say to God, help that person see Jesus and save them, God. Bring them to salvation. Not just touch their heart, but... Active trust sounds like here's what I'm crying out to you for, God. Here's what I'm going to El Yon about. Here's what I'm going to the God of all gods about. Save them, God. Active trust sounds like make the college decision fear and cause them to have a distaste for the other options and a clear joy about one of them. Active trust sounds like And when they get there, God, raise up Christian friends for my son at their new school. For that person who's a weasel at your workplace, active trust sounds like, God, I'm asking you to expose their lies and for the truth to come out. Active trust sounds like you saying, God, in my marriage, Change their heart. Give them vision. Right now, I'm praying through things for our young church. We're almost eight months old. and God is doing good things as we announce and proclaim hope in Jesus. And I'm thinking about the fact that we're at a place where we need additional staff and we're starting to think about a place for hope, (laughs) a a facility, Uh, whether that's a building we refurbish or a piece of land, and these are the things that I'm wrestling with. I'm wrestling with you in trusting God on these things, and I'm having to move into very strategic prayer about a staff member instead of saying, Lord, provide a staff member, I'm having to say this about a specific person I'm talking to right now. God, lead them to a yes. For your glory and for their joy, lead them to a yes. I'm having to say to God, God, provide us some land. Provide us a home. Because we're a young, new church. And do you know this, that some of the property in our city is going for a million dollars an acre? For the grass. <laughs> Just for the grass. And that's not us. That's not where we are. That's not, not where we need to be. We're not even looking there. We're, that's not even the deal. But you stand back from this, and it feels like it's out of your hands. It feels like it's overwhelming. And it feels like you're not sure how this is going to turn out. But what we need to do in this is remember that he's the El Yom. And he's the God who sees. And he's the Jehovah Jireh whose timing is perfect. He's the God who can do anything. He's the God who is our daddy. And our daddy's gonna take care of us, what do you think? So what we need to do is we need to trust him and lay it down, passively waiting and actively asking. So my challenge to you, dear friends, is for the thing going on in your world, Actively ask, boldly ask, specifically ask. That's what active trust sounds like. So we talked about those who know your name, they trust in you. The third thing is the Bible verse says he has never forsaken those who seek him. Wow, that's so great. There's never been a time in the history of history where God fumbled a moment. Isn't that great? There's never been a moment in the history of history where God overslept and didn't come through. There's never been a moment in the history of history where God said, I'm sorry, I ran out of resources that other person asked me to, and you know they're a little bit older, or their need's a little more critical, so I only had enough to take care of them. Sorry, I didn't have enough to take care of you. Check with me last year. That has never, ever, ever happened in the history of history. I want you to think about that word forsaken for a moment. The Bible says, He has never forsaken those who seek him. The word forsaken can be betrayed. God will never betray you. God will never give you a Charlie Brown and Lucy with the football moment. God will never be cruel to you. That word forsaken also has the idea of leaving somebody stranded. God will never take you somewhere and fail to provide what you need. Hello? God will never take you somewhere and fail to provide what you need. God will never leave you stranded. He will always take care of you. He will take care of our church. He will take care of us because he has never forsaken those who seek him. That word forsaken also has to do with this idea of someone being forgotten or abandoned or failed. And this is our hope. And so whatever situation you're in right now, whatever's going, through, going on in your world right now, this is your hope. Whatever happens, however it turns out, no part of it is God's failure or God's forgetfulness or God's betrayal. Let me say that again. Whatever happens in the situation you're in right now, however it turns out, no part of it is God's failure, God's forgetfulness, or God's betrayal. Those who know your name trust in you. Why is he trustworthy? Because he has never forsaken those who seek him. Friends, know it down deep that he is for you and that he has a plan for your life. But do not sit back and think that the plan of God means for you to be healthy and rich and that all of your circumstances to be easy He does have a plan and I don't know the plan and beware of the person who has God's plan for you figured out. But know this, whatever his plan is, it's better than your plan. We trust him because he has never forsaken. Here's the last part of the unpacking this morning. Number four, those who seek him, seeking him. What does it mean to seek him? Seeking him is absolutely different from demanding from him. Come to God with boldness. Come to God with big prayers. Come to God with specific, strategic prayers. God, we're struggling about this issue in our marriage, and I'm asking you to do this specific work in my heart. Cause my wife to see this differently. Cause my husband to think differently about this specific part of our marriage. Cause our hearts to align. All these kind of specific things, but we are requesting of our father, never demanding of our God. We're seeking him. God, I'm coming to you with this. I'm laying this down. But I'm not just laying it down in the middle of nowhere. I'm laying this into your very capable hands. Seeking him means, I'll tell you where I'm bringing this right now. <laughs> this is a big, scary thing in my world. I'm not, I'm, I'll tell you exactly where I'm bringing this. I'm bringing this to the God who sees, the God who can do anything, the God who provides. I'm bringing it to him. I'm putting it in his hands because he can do anything and he's for me and he loves me and he has a plan and I'm coming to him and I'm saying, Lord, I am letting go of this and I'm saying, Lord, whatever you want to do here, Lord, I trust you. If you wrote that down this morning in your notes, it may be one of the biggest spiritual moments for you this year. Lord, whatever you want to do in this situation, I trust you. That is beautiful faith. That is beautiful trust. Lord, for my relative, if you want them to get well, awesome. If your plan for them is to to not get well on earth, but to be fully well and whole in heaven, for this sickness to lead to death, I trust you. Lord, you know my needs. And you know my heart. I'm bringing my requests, here are, my, here are the desires of my heart, Lord. Whatever you need to do in this situation with this person, with this relationship, with this opportunity, whatever you need to do, Lord, I trust you. I trust you. That's what it looks like and sound like, sounds like to seek him. Picked up some uh, modeling clay yesterday. I like creative things. I like being artistic a little bit in different ways, but I've never played around with art. Maybe like in third grade or something, some art class, and you know, I was one of those kids who could get the modeling clay and kind of go, "Hold on, this is going to be amazing. Hold on, hold hold on, just just wait." I made a worm real intricate yeah thank you thank you for those shallow applause thank you for those <laughs> but you can do a lot of things with modeling clay and 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 i i really want to get involved here trying to to give some shape to the situation and that's where we are a lot with the things we struggle with trust on lord i want to help shape the situation i want to get my little fingers on it i think it should go a little this way lord I think it should look like this, and we, we, I, I'm going to lay it down, Lord, but wait, okay, I see what you're doing in the situation, Lord, I see how you're bending it, but okay, wait, Lord, I, I want to take it back, I want to work on it, I like that, thank you, Lord, that's good, okay, all right, Lord, I'm giving it over to you, wait, 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 that's not what I had in mind. That's not what I was thinking about making. Okay, okay, hold on. I'll give it right back. Hold on. I trust you. I trust you. <laughs> yeah, but just let me work on it. I was thinking about, Lord, a cup. We really need a, I need a cup. I'm going to make a cup. It's going to be a very crude cup. I've got to fix a bottom. There's more clay up here. Every part of something you make with modeling clay starts with a worm. I don't know if you knew that. But um, you find that. Then you make a little pancake. Kind of little pancake flatten that down okay all right it's gonna go on the bottom over here it's gonna stick I think this might actually even hold water No,pe I'm not gonna test it right now my little cup I mean I just I just this is how I think it should go and maybe if I make a worm gotta start with a worm if I start over here Lord I'm I'm gonna take this I'm gonna make a cut here's the handle it's gonna come over here on the side come on that side Boom. That's a cup. I I really got it, Lord. Oh, man, I can see daylight down there. That's not good. I trust you. All right, Lord, now bless it. I got what I wanted. Beware of getting what you want. Beware of the situation working out What, how you can see it working out. And make sure you're saying to the Lord with big, active trust, Lord, what do you want to do in this situation? It's tense at work. It's struggling at home. My teenager and I are not communicating. Here's the converse prayer. My parent and I are not communicating. But Lord, how do you wanna do, can you, I I wanna make a cup, Lord, (laughs) help me make a cup. But when you have a moment of trust, when you know who he is and what he can do, maybe you could come to him with deep faith and say, Lord, I am happy for it to be out of my hands. What do you wanna make out of this? Because it could be that the Lord says back to you, well, I know you wanted a cup, But here's what I'm going to do in this situation. I'm actually going to make a pitcher. I'm going to make something that's not even on your radar. I'm going to make something that that not only can can hold water, but you can then pour out of your situation into other people's situations. I'm going to do something far and above what you can do. I'm going to do far and above what you can imagine. I want to do something in your life that's not on your script, that's not in your design. If you would remember who I am, I am your daddy. I see it all. I know what you need. I am at work. I am coming through. Just wait. Just trust me. And you could see God do exponential things in your life and then through your life. But it starts with those who know his name, they trust in him, because they know he has never forsaken those who seek him. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes and if you're struggling with something right now, if you got a decision or a relationship or an issue or a, or a conflict or a need or a health issue, maybe just with your eyes closed as an act of faith, maybe you would just outstretch your two hands on your lap in front of you. Just open palms on your lap and just say to God, I am offering this to you and I am casting it upon you and I am putting it in your hands, God. I'm not gonna try to pick it up. I'm gonna let you do your thing, God because whatever my plan is, God, yours is better. And I release my child to you, I release my wife to you, I release my husband to you, I release my parents to you, I release my health to you, I release our need to you. In the happiest of moments, Lord, I am getting this out of my hands asking you to do whatever you want to do because I trust you